Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they are all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. As many of our listeners know, our organization, Studer Education, partners with school systems in K-12 and in higher education institutions across the nation. Our leaders and are just simply having to make difficult decisions, and they've had to make those decisions over the past several months. We've approached the academic side of the house, and we've approached the operational side of the house to really think about what are the best decisions that we need to make. And after all the planning that we've done over the months, it's finally here. Time to go back to school. These times call for leaders to be aligned and tight in their approaches to manage uncertainties and change. Now more than ever, we need attention to our core business, ensuring that students have every opportunity to learn and succeed. Regardless of the changing dynamics we experience, we're responsible for providing excellent service to students and their families and ensuring them educational excellence. To serve our organizational partners and and any others, our team has been writing digital toolkits that we're offering as a helpful resource. If you want to access these toolkits, go to studereducation.com and feel free to download any of them or all of them. We just published a Return to Learn toolkit focused on solid execution and improvements as we enter the new academic year and continue to adjust our plans. I believe we'll be adjusting for quite a while. And the toolkit provides a process for engaging in conversations with each other as we review what's working and what's not working and knowing what needs to change and making those changes. Today, I've invited two of our leader coaches to the podcast, Dr. Melissa Matarazzo and Dr. KK Owen. I've asked them to talk about what we're doing with leaders as we return to school learning and how our leaders are using the Return to Learn Toolkit as a helpful resource. We present this episode today encouraging all of us to learn from each other because we need each other more than ever. I'm so glad to to be with some of my colleagues today, Dr. Melissa Matarazzo and Dr. K.K. Owen. We all spend some time uh, as coaches, leader coaches in the field, and we've been with, with you all in the spring and in the summer and working through many of the issues that you're facing and hearing some things that we've also come back together and talked about as a team to figure out how we can build solutions. And one thing that I've really learned probably more specifically in the last two weeks is we have been planning and planning and planning and planning. (laughs) And I'm like, let's just start, right? And so as you all know, I work mainly in higher education with higher education clients. So we're starting, you know, we're kids are in the dorms, classes are beginning to start and we're uh, living through you know, what that execution plan process is right now. Um, So just kind of curious, you know, in in the partners that you're working with in K-12, Melissa, what's the temperament of where they are right now as we're beginning to enter the school year? Yeah, I think um, what I'm noticing is that despite the months of planning, as as you highlighted in, in your comments, uh, what they're what they're facing are some rapidly changing environments around them. So even while they thought they had prepared as best they could, they're still finding on a day to day or week by week basis that the circumstances around them either 
um, just directly related to the pandemic response or the way their state governments or state departments of education are choosing to react and 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 guide them has meant that they have to they have to change their plans sometimes. And I think that you know that comes with it the sort of sorrow and regret plan you had really invested in maybe isn't going to move forward now. But I think for, for the best leaders, what I'm hearing them say is, well, we'll get to that. You know, it might not be that that's the first three weeks of school, but we still have that plan. And when the time is right, we'll really have invested good energy and good thinking in that next right thing. And then they're just on to, to what's next and what's needed, which is really impressive. Yeah, that's great. KK, what are your partners talking about right now? I agree with what Melissa said, that there's a lot of uncertainty on a whole bunch of level uh, from states to city governments and county governments down to school district health departments. They're getting sometimes mixed and quickly changing, as Melissa said, recommendations. So it kind of looks like there's not a clear path to open schools. I think like what you said, Janet, they're anxious, they're ready to have kids, to have teaching and learning. One concern that I've heard a good bit is because of the circumstances, they're very focused on safety and health of students and staff and what what are they going to do if they have a positive case. And I think Sometimes that's pulling us away from our real sort of core purpose of school, which is student achievement. We would rather focus on that. That's what we live and do and breathe, but we're constantly stretched away from that to focus on health and safety. And are we ready when those first positive cases come? So I think they're kind of grappling with that sense of, is it urgent and important or is it just important and maybe it's not quite so urgent right yeah. now? I think that's in their that's mind. A, that's a great way to put it, KK. And, you know, so that's one reason this summer we spent the time writing the return to learn, you know, toolkit that's about execution and improvement because, even though there are going to be immediate things that come at us that we have to handle, we have to get on with the business of what we're there to do, and that is to make sure kids are learning and that we're working with families in the best way to provide that support as well. You know, so part of the toolkit is really refocusing on what are the measures that matter over the next, you know, six to seven months, um, and then how do we build a way that we have improvement conversations, looking at the data more consistently in, in quicker time periods, so to speak. Um, and as difficult as that may seem to do, as I'm having conversations with leaders in the higher ed world, they realize it's going to be really important to do as well. You know, so just kind of curious, as you're having conversations about these urgent things are coming on top of us, are, are we still having those, you're still feeling like at some point we know we got to get to that execution and improvement process of looking at that data. KK, you know, what are your thoughts? Is that where people are coming in or your leaders are coming in as well? I think so. I, I think so. And I think in our first toolkit, the planning for reentry toolkit, one of the tools that people really sort of gravitated to was that what I call the COVID scorecard, where we have some new and different measures in there. And I think in this new execution toolkit, the measures that matter piece and that scorecard has some nice language around some pillars that we maybe haven't had in our scorecard before, like stakeholder confidence and safety. Those pieces were sort of built in, but they weren't front and center like they sort of have to be now. And we didn't have language to talk about that. And that's one of the things I really like about the toolkit is they are right there front and center 
Because what people have to be focused on is they're, they're going to have to make some very quick adaptations to their processes in all of those areas. It'll just be necessary. As schools reopen and things occur, the situation changes. Tools like that are going to help them kind of stay focused on what matters. I mean, I don't even know that people have thought about, do we have a plan to assess where kids are after a very strange spring of school? We did no state testing. Do we know where they are? And do we have a plan to get started pretty quickly on measuring where they are so that we can start on student achievement, kind of no matter what the other external circumstances are. Yeah, I think that's so critical, KK. You know, that's the, that's the big, I think, question mark, you know, that's out there. Melissa, what are your thoughts there? Pick up, you know, sort of where KK was in that, um, what I like about the Returning to Learn Toolkit is it offers a really helpful structure for going from, as KK pointed out, some big measures, some sort of things that we want to be focused on that we're going to have to be paying attention to. And then how do I break that down into what do we need to do this week? And what do we need to do this month? Because I think it gets a little overwhelming to think of doing some of the things we're doing to return to learn for nine months. And probably we aren't going to do the same thing for nine months. So I really like, um, I've already started working with some partners around, you know, trying to get to monthly kind of key actions. And then I could see them breaking that down even further to the week and then checking on progress that way. And and I think the, the way in which the toolkit lays out those different cadences that are all aligned. It's like a spiral, right? When when you're teaching and reteaching, it's the same thing. We're spiraling around the same significant actions and outcomes. And I just think having that framework, that architecture to help people will be really important. Yeah, you know, I had the conversation uh, as you all know, I work with Dr. Brendan Kelly, who's the new president at University of West Georgia, and who's a new president, you know, that came in in April. So it's just lived this as as the entry point. And we've been looking at how we how he kind of continues to move forward with a strategic vision, strategic plan, and set the stage. And then I had shared with him the toolkit. And my comment was, I want to make sure I balance it, right? I don't want to overwhelm. I want to build the balance in there. But I want you to just kind of look at this toolkit and and tell me what part of this do you think we need to do? We don't have to do it all, but what part of this do we need to do right now that continues to build that balance? So we're not at the end of the semester or end of the year going, what happened? Right. Or why didn't we look at that? And, um, you know, it was interesting as we were talking, we're going to come back to it. We're going to, he said, I want to study it and I want to come back to it. That's the type of leader that he is. And uh, he said, because I see in this, we need to do some of this. We need to do this. It's a process that's pretty big, but we can pull some pieces out of it and balance that with whatever the state of urgency is. And I think the key is we have to get, we have to do something toward KK and Melissa, what you're talking about, we have to do something looking at the outcomes that are most important to make sure that we're in doing the business that we're intended, you know, to do. I want to switch this up just a little bit um, as we close today. You know, just, I'm going to put it back on our team because uh, you all are great colleagues and I had the, I have the pleasure of leading the student education team and you know, we, we always say we kind of practice what we preach a little bit and we've had to make, we've had to make adjustments and we've had to adapt and do a lot of things different. And, you know, we've had to apply this, the concepts of this toolkit to our own work. 
So I'd like to just ask if you would, you know, what is it meant to you on our team? You know, as you think about that toolkit and what we apply it to the work that we do every day in our organization, you know, what about that toolkit and the processes do you th- are helpful, you know, to you? So Melissa, I'll start with you as kind of the coach lead there. Yeah, I, I mean, we we replicate in our coaching team um, the, the weekly cadence, and then I try to do a deeper dive um, more frequently, but every Friday when we huddle together, we're looking at our key measures and saying, have we made any progress? If we haven't, is there something we need to do differently? And I think we've stayed pretty um, faithful to, to that cycle. I think our next step is going deeper maybe monthly, and we certainly go deeper quarterly as a team um, when you gather us and facilitate that process. But I do think, you know, the next step is trying to figure out when we need to make a significant shift. How do we make sure we've marshaled all the information that's appropriate to help us make that uh, maybe on a more 30-day cycle? Yeah, that's great. And and uh, so, you know, just for our listeners, we've gone from where we're with our partners in person a lot to, you know, we've been on this thing called Zoom and virtual as well and had to make those transitions. So, and our coaching team has done that exceptionally well. So appreciate your leadership in that. KK, what are your thoughts? You know, looking at it from, from us, right? Our organization, what are your thoughts? One of the things I noticed when I was first going through the, the new toolkit was the weekly stoplight. And we, we've been doing that for a long time, really, on our Monday meetings with our team. Before COVID, we were doing that. And I've realized since things have changed, that's even more important to do that weekly stoplight, red, yellow, and green. How are we doing on our most important goals? It, it helps us not be sidetracked by the emergency of the moment. It doesn't take us away when we know we're coming back to it every week. I also think what you did earlier, no, last week, you did our 30-day leadership team meeting around each of our 30-day goals. Are we green, yellow, or red on those? And what actions have we taken to move toward the most important things? And that helps all of us remember um, it might not feel urgent, but it's so important that we must make it urgent and we must come back to it. And I hope that our partners will see the value in that weekly stoplight and in that 30-day improvement cycle process so that they can stay focused, not only on what they need to be focusing their efforts on, but what's most important to communicate out to stakeholders about what we're doing. Thank you, KK. And, uh, you know, just to our listeners, I want to thank Melissa and KK for being with us today. They're two of our longest standing coaches, and we've built this work together. I just enjoy both of you so much as colleagues and being part of this team and couldn't think of a better way to introduce the toolkit and have a conversation about our work as well as what our partners are doing and what their needs are than to have that conversation with the two of you. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. We are fortunate to work with great leaders who are doing difficult work of planning, executing the plan, and building consistency of practices that get positive results. We need excellent leadership more than ever. And we're appreciative of doing this work together with you. Feel free to connect to the Return to Learn Toolkit by visiting studereducation.com. 
And as always, thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.